We are your home for exclusive interviews and behind-the-scenes stories you won't hear anywhere else. This is all about Kentucky tracks, Kentucky drivers, and Kentucky fans. We eat, sleep, and breathe it anyways, so we figured why not make a podcast about it. For 11 years, we've been keeping the bluegrass covered in dirt. Now, we're doing it bigger than ever before. We are Kentucky's Dirt Racing Podcast. Welcome to another edition of Dirt Racing in the Bluegrass Live, presented by Smokehouse Grill and Buffet. And welcome into another edition, Wes. We're getting late in the season on this thing, in the end of the racing season here on Dirt Racing in the Bluegrass Live, our Honestly, our first uh, our first full season. I normally say the episode number. I don't even know what episode we're at at this point, man. To be honest <laughs> with you, uh, I was uh, I was late getting getting out here into the into the shop where I can get some internet service to get on the show tonight. Um, but uh, yeah, this is the Bluegrass Restoration and Construction Studios. Uh, this segment is sponsored by Dirtman Diecast. Uh, check check him out, DirtmanDiecast.com, for any of your diecast needs or at the at your uh, local racetrack. You never know; you might see him. You might see uh, our buddy there as well. So, um, but man, uh, another episode here. Just like I said, getting late into the season, uh, the racing season is flying by. The weather is cooling off. Uh, it's no longer 98 degrees. I got to be honest with you. I, I appreciate that. At the same time, I hate to see it go because I know that 30 degrees hand in a hand in a water bucket's coming soon, and racing season's coming to a close. Still a lot left to go, but man, just uh, just good to be here uh, and, and glad. It's glad for a few more weeks. We can still call it racing season absolutely yeah i i never want to see it end i i like it to go year round and it's about to that um but uh yeah i i love a racing season but i hate to hate to see the cold weather coming on yeah no i i agree with you so i've got a couple of things going on tonight one um wes i know you don't you don't realize one i've got a different camera angle going on uh here tonight so it's a bit of a struggle because if i look at you if I look at you, I'm looking down. So I actually like have to look up and I can't see you if I'm looking at my camera. I'm doing that because I've got some ideas of some podcasts I want to do this off season where we want to interview like multiple people at the same time, be in the same room with them. Uh, it, you know, talk about some history stuff, talk about some of the uh, older days in our in our sport, uh, and and other things going on. The other thing is I couldn't add everyone on our group, so we couldn't get uh, as many people on to join the show at the same time. So if you don't care, share this out with uh, with your friends. Um, I would uh, I would greatly appreciate it if you could do that to get some people coming on here because I'm excited about this show, Wes. One of the things we're going to do is uh, I'm going to uh, we're going to talk about our trip to the north, not the north south, the World 100. I'm getting a little behind myself there, but the uh, the World 100. The other thing is we're going to bring uh, Michael to Spain and Mike Sullivan on with us. So. Something huge, really, in our in our sport coming up this weekend is the Taylor County Speedway reunion. We're going to bring them on to talk some about that, and I'm I'm really excited about that, Wes, because like I told you before, I just I love talking and hearing about because honestly, I don't know a whole lot about it, just the history of our sport. 
Yeah, yeah, especially like I mentioned, I didn't, I never got to watch a race at Taylor County Speedway, and you know, just to hear the history of that track, but just just the history of dirt racing in general that that both of these fellows that we're fixing to have on the show uh, have is is astronomical and. I love to listen to that and to pick their brain and to ask questions. And I'm really, really looking forward to it and just so thankful that uh, they're going to come on uh, later in the show tonight. So really, really looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, just just can't wait. I see a couple people saying the camera's too far away. Uh, Sarah's saying the camera's too far away. Stick Rod agrees with her. Well, I know it's too far away, but you know what? At this point, it's too late to do anything about it. Uh, and unless unless Sarah, who's watching here, wants to come out and move the camera closer, we'll see what we'll see what we can do if we you know see if we can't do something ab- about that. Of course, nobody needs to see me anyway, so that'll be all right. I really wanted all. Also, people to be able to see like what all I've got going on here. Uh, while Wes is normally in his mansion with the piano in the background and living the luxury life, uh, I'm sitting here with all kinds of like wires and an interface, and I've got to try to control all this stuff while Wes is just enjoying the the luxury life. So I, I really just wanted the people to see what all goes on to making this happen, Wes. Really. Yeah, well, you ought to do one from the barn and have the cows and the and the goats and the chickens and the dogs and the cats and have all that in there. That's where you really should have shot it from. Well, and I mean, I could get like maybe the 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 detail trailer and and all that good stuff, and just really, you know, let everyone see what all it takes, and see my internet that's sitting here, my hotspot in front of us, because I can't get good internet. And if you turn the camera around, my garage door is up, and I'm getting beat by mosquitoes and all kinds of fun stuff, all while the show's going on, and Wes is sitting in front of the the piano normally, yeah, but normally. of course tonight he's in the he's in the bedroom, so. I had to I had That's, to switch it up a little bit. Uh, yeah. I, I was I I left the mansion on the hill, and I came back home to reality. So I'm home well, tonight. Uh, I'm glad you can. I'm glad you can at least come back to reality enough to where you can relate to most of us race fans who who don't live in luxury. So that's you know that's that's nice too. Yeah. <laughs> So caution says nice bed. Yeah, I, I agree. Caution. It's a, he's got a, he's got quite a pad back there uh, behind him. So, yeah. Yeah. well, yeah. all right, let's let's get to it. World one hundred, uh, World one hundred weekend, Wes. Uh, man, we we look forward to this all year. I mentioned last week on the podcast. Um, we were fortunate this year to uh, to gain some sponsors here on the podcast and uh, take in some sponsorship money, most of which paid for the uh, the equipment. Some uh, some that you're seeing right here in front of us, uh, this thing right here, which I barely know how to use, cost a whole lot of money. We bought some other stuff. Uh, I get I, I know enough about it to get by, but uh, we bought some other stuff and have uh, got a tote full of stuff that we bought with most of that money. With the other little bit that we had left behind, we decided that we were we would uh, take a trip to sort of pay ourselves back i got to look in west and i counted so far this year we've covered 25 late live events here in the state of kentucky we 
when you consider the there are not many more weekends than that at all, maybe four in the racing season so far. That's uh that's that's quite a bit of work. But we decided with that we would take a trip to the World 100 and uh pay for the trip and our camper, so we paid for our camper. Uh we paid for the campsite, we paid for all, you know, uh, everything else that went along with it. And we bought a we bought we bought ourselves a hoodie while we were there with the with the money we've made so far this year. So, that was that was fun. Yeah. I'm glad yeah, we got to do it. Yeah, I am too, and and just so thankful and appreciative uh, for our sponsors and and all that they do for us, and we uh, we definitely couldn't do it without them, and uh, just very thankful for them. Yeah, absolutely. I I really do. I I appreciate everyone that's uh, that helped us this year. Um, you know, mainly to be able to buy this equipment that we've has allowed us to do some of the things we've done this year and, and a lot of the things we look forward to doing this upcoming off season it's all just going to be a, a, a whole lot of fun but uh hey let's talk about world 100 so we go up there uh david tilly helps us out with the campsite um we uh we, we get to camp with uh just some some awesome people um the camping alone was worth the trip Absolutely. Not to mention the race. Yeah. Yeah, the camping was great. Uh, we've got to give a shout-out. Um, the food. We ate good every day that we were up there. Um, just want to say, you know, thank you to uh, David Tilly uh, and, you know, his son, Braden. Um, thank you to uh, uh, the Lay family. Um charlotte and uh and austin and jesse we got to camp with them and they fed us it was awesome and uh also uh gotta give a shout out to uh to laura and james uh harley uh ellison um uh, caitlin mccorder they fed us an awesome breakfast one morning uh the camping and the food was was really good the whole time so thank you uh to uh to you guys for for all of that but uh just just awesome awesome time and we just had so much fun yeah we we really did i mean like i said it, it was it was just a lot of fun being there and just hanging out with everybody but wes I got, man the thing about going to the world 100 is you you know because jake just jake manley just mentioned we we missed the fish fry we did um we something did. we we planned all day man we're gonna get we're going to get to that. We end up doing a show there at the world in the campground. The alien came and came and joined us uh, and ended up taking longer than we figured it would, as it normally does. And, and uh, we missed out on that. We missed out on so many things. It's like once you get there, you think you're going to have so much time to, to do all kinds of things and see, all, see so many people. And then you get there, and it's like, man, it just, it just bam, bam. And, and before you know it, it's time to pack up and go home, and you, didn't, you, you feel like you didn't accomplish anything. So I agree, man. There was, there was so many people that we didn't get to go and see. Like Jake said, I mean, we figured we'll have our show and we'll still get to to make the fish fry we'd planned on it and i think the show went a little over an hour it was an excellent show everything was great the aliens landed um yeah. but we missed out and, and you know 
we didn't get to see everybody, but we did see a lot of people. And that's one of the things that that's awesome about, you know, we go five hours away from home and it's just like we're home anyway. We still see all of our friends. And I mentioned it in a in a Facebook post when we come home. Friends that are more like family and that's our racing family. And we love y'all. And, and it's just so good to, to see everybody and, and hate that, it, that we didn't have time to see everybody. We just need to go up there and take the whole week off next year, Josh, and just just be up there the whole week. Watch the Baltus Classic and just stay. Come home on Sunday. Yeah that that sounds that sounds good. Uh, but you'll have to you'll have to ask Sarah about how that that sounds because it's right in the middle of school, man, and you know it's like it's tough on her. I I I would love it, but I'm not so sure that it would. Uh, at at the same time, I don't know I don't know about a whole week, but you know it sounds it sounds good. We can we can talk about it at least, and and we can make big dreams because uh, because a whole a whole week of away. Uh, sounds good in one way, but in another way, it, in another way, it don't. If if they could pack up and go with me, maybe we could like make Brantley. Uh, you know, surely there's like a, a school excuse you could find a, a history lesson, some sort of education type thing we could we could come up with exactly um, to make yes. that work out. Now, we, I think we'll that, do that. Yeah, I, I think we'll ask we'll ask Spanky about all the all the history and and. Uh, things that we could uh go and visit and we'll we'll take annabeth with us too we'll, we'll have annabeth and brantley up there on the on a school excused uh field trip yeah we'll let spanky come <laughs> teach the kids some racing racing history the problem with that is brantley will start talking to him about pokemon and he won't get a word in edgewise so <laughs> that's yeah he, he'll be uh he'll be just like me and and just have to listen to pokemon talk and not have a clue what he's talking about so right. uh but that that's how that would go but yeah no i agree with you it would it would be a it would be a whole lot of fun well let's talk about the other thing so and this is we're going to get to the race in here in just a minute i want to talk about that for just a second but all right Wes, we've had two crown jewel events this this year that we've went to the north south and the world we we've, we've got to go to both of those events i get up to the north south on saturday and i'm telling you worst stomach virus oh god it was awful could not get out of bed saturday we go to the world friday night Wes ain't feeling good saturday he's down for the count man what is it you have a stomach virus this past weekend at the World 100. What is it with us and stomach viruses at, at Crown Jewel events? I just, I don't get it. I'm kind of afraid to go to another one this year. Like, are we just going to keep trading them back and forth? I don't know, but they, it was awful. Like, like you said, I started feeling rough on Friday night. Woke up Saturday and was feeling even worse. I mean, Sunday was bad. Woke up with it Monday morning, and uh, I didn't go to work Monday. I, I was still that sick, so I was hoping it was just a just a twenty four hour bug. But no, no, it was yeah. it was a bad stomach virus, probably one of the one of the worst ones I've had in a long time, unfortunately. But um, I kept uh, I kept fighting, and then I fought through it, and I never missed no racing action. But I absolutely felt horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. I mean, I'll tell you, like when I mean when Wes when Wes 
when World Wide West goes in the camper on Saturday and, and lays down and sleeps for most of the afternoon, there there's definitely something wrong with them. And I just I hated that you you felt that way and then even when we got to the track on Saturday, I mean for the for the most part he, he had his uh, he had his head down, you know, just could tell you didn't feel good but you were still there and but glad you didn't miss any of the race in action because it's what we went up there for so yeah that's exactly right i i hated to hated to be sick and like you said it's not definitely not like me to to lay down and take a nap heck i never take a nap i had to feel bad and i woke up i told sherry i said i feel rough she said i know you never take a nap so um but fought through it and uh still had fun even though even though we got the stomach bug yeah yeah it's uh we we still had fun and that's that's what counts at the end of the day next year we're gonna go to both the the north south and the world and neither one of us are gonna gonna get a stomach bug i'm calling it now uh because i i just man i hope that that is the the case for sure it's been a rough stretch for us uh this year uh two for two for two so well let's talk just a little bit about the racing so i mean thursday thursday friday you had those two preliminary preliminary nights i mean um Honestly, um, and uh, by the way, the the racetrack connection hotline is not available tonight. I'm using I'm using the phone for my camera, so I can only do so much. But um, you know, it's just uh, like I said. I mean, we we get there uh, Thursday, Friday night, preliminary nights. So I don't know that there was much that surprised us as far as winners go. I think it went about the way we expected it would. The one surprise all weekend, though, Wes, when it comes to the racing was the the tire issues, the right fronts. And when you blow a right front at Eldora, um, it's not going to be a, it's not going to be an easy light impact going into one of those turns. So a lot of torn up race cars yeah. all three nights, and and sore bodies, I'm sure, because um, you know we were sitting right there in in between three and four and and saw saw every one of those hits that that took place down there and those guys hit hard yeah they 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 definitely did just like i said i mean all three nights and so he hated to see that because like i said it just resulted in a whole lot of uh torn up race cars um, so that was that was just unfortunate. But Bobby Pierce uh, won preliminary nights both uh, Friday, Thursday, Friday night. Um, you know, seemed like the the cream sort of rose to the top as we expected there at Eldora Speedway. Um, and then uh, and then he had the bad luck on Saturday night with the right front. Uh, but you know, again, going into Saturday, what what more? I mean, it's like you couldn't expect anything less. Dale McDowell comes from twenty seventh up to a podium finish, third place. Jonathan Davenport leads right at the end of the race. He's right up there at the front in contention for his sixth World One Hundred. But Hudson O'Neill ends up winning. His first ever globe. Don O'Neill tried it for years. He attempted to win that race. Um, it was just one of those things like it was sort of like, all right, you got one guy trying for a sixth, another guy trying for his first. Davenport gets around Hudson, and you're thinking it's over at that point. Yeah. 
But I kept sitting there telling you, 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 Sherry's a Davenport fan. I was telling you, I don't know, I couldn't tell because it was so loud if you could get what I was saying, but I kept saying he's biding his time. And I don't know if you ever got that or not, but I just I knew Hudson was waiting till yeah. uh, the right time to make the pass. And he, he did and got it done. First ever World 100 win for Rocket One which is just crazy to think about all those years. They never won it, and Hudson gets them their first. Not a surprise, though. Yeah, and and so special for, for him but and his family, but also, you know, for, for Mark Richards and his family, for that to be the first. And and Mark said he's been trying to, to get that win for 50 years. And it's crazy. You look at the drivers that, that's been in that, in that car and, and – the talent and what all they've won and accomplished, you know, throughout the sport and to not never won a world 100 until 2023. So just crazy. Um, but it's just been one of those years. Um, and you talked about, you know, the race itself, I think they started 30 cars and I think they ended with 12. And a lot was due to to the tire issues, and and you just you look at it, and and after it's all said and done, I know on the way home we talked about it, just wondering if some of those cars would have been in the mix late, if they hadn't had issues, would the outcome still still being Hudson O'Neill on top at the end, which Hudson yeah. was good all weekend, different yeah, track, different track conditions, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You know, he, he dealt with all of them and was fast. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, he bided his time and made the pass and then and then held off uh, Davenport at the end. So, just a, a huge congratulations to him, and uh, he took the globe back to Indiana. Yeah, yeah, it was really, uh, just like I said, cool to see. I like Hudson, always have. I mean, ever since he first started, he's always just been a very down-to-earth uh, guy and fun to talk to, very friendly, very nice. So, um, really was a cool thing to see him. I was cheering for him for a few reasons. One, because I like Hudson. Like I said, I think he's a nice, he's a nice kid. Uh, he's talented as they come. Um, love to see him win. Davenport, uh, he was going for his sixth. I'd rather see someone win it for the first time. Although at some point I would like to see Davenport win his sixth to tie Billy Moyer, um for that sixth uh, globe. But just not this year. I wanted to see Hudson O'Neill win it. Mainly, though, Wes, because, I mean, I let you have first pick. I let you have pick number one because you're behind in the steak dinner challenge. You picked Bobby Pierce. Uh, I forget who Chris was on. Chris was on there with us. Uh, Chris Lowry, and he picked someone else. So RTJ still on the table. I pick Hudson O'Neill, and Hudson O'Neill he goes out there, he gets it done for me. And I just know Wes as he was going as he took that white flag. Uh, it, it, as a matter of fact, I think when he made that pass, that late race pass on Jonathan, Jonathan Davenport, he was saying, I've got to get this done for Josh. He went out there and he got it done for me. I'm up 10 to 6. This is this is becoming just, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm walking the dog, man. Like, I'm just dominating this thing. You're not even in the game anymore. I don't know what's, I don't know what's up. I'm just biding my time. 
I got you right where I want <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah, you do. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We're gonna see how the rest of the rest of the year goes. But uh, anyways, I'm, yeah, I was glad. I'm to saving see. saving my tires. Yeah. I'm not buying two steak dinners in a row. So, yeah, I already said I'd cheat if I had two to win. So, yeah, we'll, uh, you we'll already see have. how that goes. You're not going to pass tech. There won't uh, be a green light. I'll, I'll guarantee you that. Listen, I can pass weight. I can pass the droop rule. Whatever you throw at me, I can pass it. I'm ready for it. <laughs> no green yeah. light. Here we go. Yeah, but that was uh, that was our our world. Yeah, see, Greg Miller says it's a it's a, it's a blowout. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's just a, it's just a blowout. Um, it ain't even it ain't even close. So you know, we'll just have to. And Brantley helped me with one one of those points. He got um, Josh Rice in there. So, all right. Well, uh, that was our World One Hundred Weekend. Wes had a lot of fun with you. This whole year's been fun, but in all honesty, it was fun. I, I hate that you got the stomach bug. I really do, but it and and because you know it just kind of took you down for a little bit. But it was fun just to be able to go there, hang out with you, and you know just sort of uh, you know spend spend a weekend and and uh, just as a I guess a treat for us for the for the hard work all year. We got to, we got to go experience the World One Hundred. Yeah, and and still had a a cool show there on on Saturday, um, you know from from the Speedy Campground um, when had Chris Lowry on, so that was really cool. Um, I got to I got to use the use the headsets that that we had bought, and uh, and that you know it's it's cool to to be able to do that in in from a remote location. So really really cool deal up there. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's go ahead and take a commercial break here, uh, real quick. Thank some of these sponsors who have helped us out all this year. Then we're going to bring uh, Mike Sol- uh, Mike Sullivan and uh, Spanky to Spain on here with us. We're going to talk about Taylor County Speedway. I'm so excited about that. We heard some about it this past weekend. Uh, the history of the track because the Taylor County Speedway reunion is coming up this Saturday. We're going to talk about it as soon as we come back. Racetrack Connection is a social media app designed specifically for racing. On the app, you can find a track, find a driver, review and print track schedules, and use the chat feature to communicate with other fans and drivers at any event. There's even a map feature where you can locate racetracks all across the U.S., plus many other features all for free. Download the Racetrack Connection app today. Donnie Kaufman used to say, it's good enough to make your tongue slap your brains out, honey. That's what we think about the home cooking at Smokehouse Grill and Buffet in Berea. Choose from the delicious options on their home-style buffet and salad bar or order from the full menu. Not to mention their desserts and some of the best breakfast you'll ever eat. We promise you'll never be disappointed with this racing family-owned business. Visit their friendly staff and grab a bite to eat. Located just off exit 77 in Berea. Hi there, I'm Alan Feldhouse Jr., head basketball coach at Madison Central High School. Here at MCHS, we have built a winning team. I'd like to tell you about another local winning team. Family owned and operated Bluegrass Restoration and Construction. They specialize in roofing, general construction, and home maintenance services. Just like on the court, you need a team that will work together to get the job done. And that's exactly what BRC does. 
Give them a call at 859-353-1133. Road Tribe. This is World Wide West Lanham. If you're in the market for a storage building, look no further than our friends at Barton's Insulated Buildings. With nearly 30 years in business, they specialize in insulated storage buildings, mobile home underpinning, garages, and pole barns. With two locations at 3739 South Laurel Road in London and 3300 Cumberland Falls Highway in Corbin. Call them today at 606-528-7221 and tell them World Wide West sent you. And welcome back to the Bluegrass Restoration and Construction Studios. Uh, I'm Josh Chastine. West Lanham joining me in Campbellsville. Mike Sullivan and Spanky to Spain uh, joining us here on the podcast as well. Guys, thanks you, thank you for, uh, for joining us this evening. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. I'm watching see Sarah made a I'm a little bit distracted. Sarah made a camera adjustment on me here and uh and Brantley's trying to chase down his cat. So we'll we'll do the best we'll we'll do the best we can. Because <laughs> I've got some action going on uh, going on here in front of us. But um like I said, I mean I talked to you guys a little bit here before we started the show this evening. Um I love dirt racing history. Uh, talked to some guys this past weekend up there at Eldora West. We we did we we had some conversations about the old Taylor Taylor County Speedway. Um, so I love racing history. I know a lot of people are going to be able to show up on Saturday and uh, and and uh, get to get to take some some part in that. I know a lot of people got to experience Taylor County Speedway. I didn't. But first, guys, uh, tell us about the event coming up on Saturday and what everyone can expect. Okay, it's uh, it's part of the Bulls and Barrels Fall Festival. Uh, Saturday night they have the Bulls and Barrels Rodeo up there. Uh, Camelsville Schools, FFA has a big part in that, and Taylor County Farm Bureau. And <clears throat> the event is Saturday morning. It's from 10 a.m. to noon. Now, as racers are, if everybody gets to standing around and telling more stories, we, we're welcome to stay a little longer if we need to. Uh, <laughs> we've got uh, some folks at are bringing some memorabilia there. I know Jeff Watson's got some things. I've got some old photos. Uh, we've got a video of the 1987 Jack Zig Memorial that was held up there. Uh, a lot of National Dirt Lake Mile Hall of Famers just in that field of cars that night. Um, we've got some, I know, I've talked, I know Jeff Watson that races there. He's, he's coming, bringing his car and some stuff. Uh, Elliot Spain, they're going to have their car there that day. Um, I'm told Whitney McQuarrie, Dale Atwood, that they raced there. They're going to be with us. So um, we've had several calls. And then a lot of, you know, not just racers, but there are folks that were officials. And there are a lot of fans. I mean, um, as you guys know, just coming from Eldora, you, it seems like you can't walk 10 feet and see somebody you don't you know from down here. And, you know, Taylor County Speedway, there are a lot of the fans, the, the older folks there, they – they started there and uh you know it was living down here you know ponderosa speedway barron county speedway bluegrass speedway those were our home tracks but taylor county speedway if you lived in campbellsville lebanon greensburg you know over in columbia dare county that was that was our place so yeah um it's it's going to be held actually at the taylor county fairgrounds at at the location of what it was the taylor county speedway so 
Uh, we're hoping to have a good turnout. Uh, I do need to say uh, it is a $10 admission to get in. That gets you access to everything going on with the festival that day. Everything except that night's rodeo. But uh, we've got a place set up, and we hope everybody shows up and comes and enjoys. Yeah, I mean, I I hope so. Uh, I hope so for sure. I think it, it's just like I said. I think for for uh, dirt racing fans, uh, uh, you know, dirt racing people in general, it seems enjoys uh, history. Uh, we we sort of figured that out on the on the podcast this year. Our our most most watched uh, stuff, most listened to stuff has been on the on the history of of dirt racing. So I'm sure you'll have a have a good turnout there. So I like I said, Wes. I don't. I think it's. I think the same is the case for you. But I I never got to go to Taylor County Speedway. Was talking. I think we were talking to Jeff Watson this past weekend. We saw him up there at the World 100, and he was talking about sort of the layout of the fairgrounds and how they still sit. I think you can you can still see the the lay. I don't know. I've never been to Taylor County Fairgrounds Speedway, none <laughs> of it. But I think can you still sort of see the the layout? The the bleachers are still kind of the same. What what's what's that all like now? Um. No, actually, the bleachers, everything from the racetrack is actually gone, unfortunately. Right. Um, now, Darren Price, who he's kind of the quiet person that got all this behind the scenes that got all this going, he has told me if you actually fly over it, you can see an outline of, of the turns that were there. Okay. Um, I think that's were, what Jay Watt said. Yes. Yeah. Um, if you drove by it on Highway 68 or Broadway, as we call it here in Camelsville, what you would see, there's actually a restaurant there. Um, that would be the back straightaway. And the the grandstands actually faced Highway 68. Turns 1 and 2 were to the west, close to where AutoSmart is. Uh, funny story about that. Years ago, that was actually Green River Ford Mercury. And a lot of folks that didn't really want to pay to get in would go <laughs> and sit in the back of the Ford trucks that were parked. Uh, yeah. brand, and you'd have brand new trucks that were parked there. You'd have people sitting in the back of these trucks watching races, and finally the guys that own the, the car, like they, they moved the cars to the other side. But you would you could go there on a Saturday night, and that that Ford dealership would be it would have a dozen cars in it, people watching, and you could see the cars coming off turn two and going into three. Um, but uh, where now, if you're up there, if you see like where they have the truck and tractor pull, the grandstands, that would have been the pit area, uh, the main part of that. And just an interesting note about Green River Ford there. They later on went on and sponsored Terry Keltner yes. uh, in the uh, in the mid to late 80s up there. They sure did. <laughs> okay. Yeah, when, when a gentleman yeah. named Mike Holton bought the, uh, bought the dealership. He sure did. I imagine they had a lot of a lot of car washing to do uh, I, they, uh, Monday, yeah. Monday morning after the races. So uh, on a on a typical night, yeah, Monday if if they raced on Friday night, usually Saturday you can see the guys that wash cars out there, and then you know if they raced on Saturdays it was that. Also, if we had a rain out, it wasn't uncommon to have to have the local fire department come up because that red clay would it would go down to Broadway. If you're familiar with Camelsville, I have literally seen red clay track from the entrance. What is it? it's still the entrance to the fairgrounds down to where Mr. Gaddy's is. And that's a good two or three blocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
So what? And so we talked a little bit about about the event. We'll recap that here in just a minute because I want to make sure we give every opportunity for as many yeah. people to come out on Saturday as we can. But just when it comes to the the history of Taylor County Speedway, so talking about the dealership being right there, where the how the track was originally laid out. Not much of it can still see be seen there on the grounds today. Maybe if you're in a in a helicopter. But what what ultimately happened to Taylor County Speedway? Why did it? What what happened? happened it why'd it go away well i think it was it was a combination of when they started racing up there in 1963 up until i think uh the health department closed the place down for about three years what was that 1979 1980 something like that um because of the uh, unsafe conditions of part of the grandstand area um if you if you're familiar with camelzoo any at all and you're coming up Broadway going out toward uh, where Taylor County Speedway was located, when you got past where, like, the McDonald's is at now and whatnot, all you had on out through there was Taylor County High School, Taylor County Elementary School, the National Guard Armory, and the building where uh, Kmart was at at that time. Uh, There was really nothing out that way, and it was a deal that by the – mid 80s into the early late 80s into the early 90s um the if you want to call it the suburbs of camelsville uh, had kind of grown to the racetrack yeah. and uh you know a lot of complaints about noise and and whatnot and i'm not gonna get into it but there was a political deal in behind yeah. the scenes as well uh and it was with the entertainment permit the 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 American Legion owned the, the property that the fairgrounds sat on and still does to this day. But it was always from our understanding that if there ever went a one full season, that there wasn't at least one race contested there, that uh, they, they would not be issued, reissued an entertainment permit. Yeah. And unfortunately, July 23rd, 1994, uh, the mayor, the now mayor of Franklin, Indiana, Steve Barnett won the last, late, uh, last late model feature that was contested at Taylor County Speedway paid $5,000 to win. Okay. So there was, there was racing then at, at Taylor County Speedway all the way up till, uh, till 1994. Yes. Okay. All right. Gotcha. And it sounds, sounds like a lot of what you hear about even today, sort of just, uh, political issues city uh suburbs moving closer to the racetrack same same sort of thing what we hear about so many so many places today uh belleville comes to mind nationally you know a lot of people talk about that but and then uh, you know among others just uh unfortunate circumstances for a for a racetrack with a lot of history uh things that are out of anybody's control i guess really when it comes down to it yeah, I mean, if, right now, if you go right past it, there it's it's called Bluegrass Estates. Uh, there's some very, very nice, expensive homes there. Yeah, yes. and yeah. Yeah, there's no way. And I, I know, uh, I know a gentleman in the he's he passed away now, uh, and his son's uh, Joe Curry, the big Joe Curry, little Joe still still out. But I know with uh, they had built some some fencing up, and he wasn't real happy with the guy that. Uh, was running the place and he was like you know i've got enough scaffolding i can go up over here what it what would have been where the the arena is now for the truck and tractor pull. he's like i can build us enough scaffolding we can all climb up there and watch the races if we want to so uh <laughs> kind of like spanky said it was some political stuff and 
the I think what Ed and Vicky Hasty had the last with last uh, Ed Ed and Vicky Hasty and David and Anita Furl were the last uh, promoters at Taylor County Speedway. They were running uh, Ponderosa on Friday nights, and uh, because when t when Taylor County first opened back in 1963, up until the time that it closed there in '79 or '80, uh, it ran as a Saturday night racetrack. Uh, when it came back in 83, 84, yeah. something like that, um, Barron County had pretty much got established as the Saturday night track in this area. And they went to Friday, they went to racing on Friday nights. And, uh, of course they did butt heads with, with Ponderosa, you know, I guess you could say they were in competition yeah. somewhat with each other, but when David and Anita and Ed and Vicky took the track over there, uh, in 94, they moved it to Saturday night. Yeah. And they, they really did make an effort to try to make a go of it. And it just, there was, there was some promotion before them that didn't help things there right. a whole lot. You know, not to talk bad about the guy, but he, he just had some different ideas, different ways of doing things. And he just didn't help things. And, you know, Ed and Vicky and David and he, they did all they could do, but it just, they were just, pushing a huge boulder uphill and just didn't they just couldn't get him make a go of it so what what were those ideas like what what were some of the things i'm i'm just curious i, yeah. I want i want to know a little bit more yeah. mike you, you gave us a little bit we need to we need to hear more <laughs> the gentleman had had it i know the one thing that really sticks out and some of the racers liked it but now as fans you got and you gotta understand taylor county speedway did not really have a curfew but at the same time, they, you're right, it, town was moving around it. I don't know, the big one was if you, if it was in the first two laps of a race and you, a couple of guys got together and had a ra had a wreck, so say you got a single car crash, and I mean, not, not a flat, not like a two-lap courtesy rule, you know, a guy yeah. gets, a, you know, he gets an A-frame knocked out, we're going to stop racing for 20 minutes and give you a chance to fix your race car. And, you know, you bring the entire show to a stop. Um, yeah. And now, if, if you're helping somebody with a race car and, you know, you're thrashing, you're doing everything you can. Right. And if you've got three or four cars, but at the same time, if you've got one guy that's, you know, done this, here we just sit. That was one of the things. And, um, yeah. An hour and twenty minute red flag, guys. Just go go buy yourself yeah. a hamburger, a hot dog, uh, you know, right. whatever, popcorn at the concession stand. We've got about an hour and twenty minutes while this guy yeah, re uh, yeah replaces uh, the front you know, half of his some, car. He had some different. He, you know, he did did his thing. I know he had, uh, you know, that guy had it, and then um, another. Now there was another gentleman that had it there for a short time. Uh, he's passed away from cancer, named Jesse Johnson. He really. Jesse really tried. I mean, he yeah. was he was probably the first promoter I can ever remember that at the driver's meeting said, the, he opened it with saying, I want to thank you all for coming. And I remember yeah. the racers looking at each other like, wow, this guy is glad we're here. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the the other gentleman, I know they had a big race scheduled. And it. Uh, I, I remember there was a family that had traveled, because uh, a lot of times they would try to have a big race the night before the Jackson 100. That was in, in August. Uh, gentlemen, you know, this family had traveled, it was raining, they were trying to leave, this was, this was in 1990, and this guy's arguing with them, you know, they're like, can we just get our money back, we'll leave, no, no hard feelings, they hadn't, there hadn't been the first car pulled on a racetrack for wheel packing, let alone hot labs qualifying, 
I remember that promoter's wife finally said, you have got to help these people out. You know, um, that was kind of the beginning of the end. But um, I guess on a better note, the heyday of it before that, for me personally, was the 80s there. Um, you know, Bob Memmer, who had UMP, actually had the lease on the track from like 87 to about around 90 or so. And of course, he was he was the president of UMP, which is now Dirt Car. So it was mm -hmm. automatically going to be UMP sanctioned. Well, in 97, you had John Gill racing here. He won 13 features that year uh, and was on his way to winning a national championship. Jim Curry was here a lot. Ray Gazio, Kevin uh, Claycomb was down here when he was, uh, and I think in 89 or 90, when he was the year he won UMP championship, you had a lot of guys that were chasing points that come through here and raced. So, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it was it was almost like a mini mini Brownstown, yeah. On a Friday night, it, okay. Kind of throw that out there, people that can remember, you know, some of the some of the weekly show fields that would be at Brownstown. Uh, there around eighty between say eighty six and and ninety. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, yeah that. And that was going to be my next question too, um, Wes. You just you jump in here, knock knock me out of the way at, at any point. I promise you you won't hurt you won't hurt my feelings. I'm just asking questions as they come to as they come to mind. We don't really we don't have any fairgrounds type racetracks here in in the state of Kentucky anymore. Like you know Brownstown is now right across the the border. Really, when it comes down to it, in Indiana. Um, so I imagine that's that that's something that had to be you know pretty pretty cool in in and of itself. Um, but then my other thing I'm wondering about like what what was the racetrack like? What would you what would you compare it to? How would you describe it? Or what what track would you compare it to? Uh, it was always listed as a three eighths, but I think it was more closer to a quarter mile, yeah. kind of semi banked, uh, red clay. I'm trying to think. What would you compare it to that fans are familiar uh, with today, Mike? A little, a little bit bigger version and a little bit wider version of Richmond, is what I would okay. say. And, and the reason I say that, uh, in '89-'90, Mike Jewell, thats when he ventured down. 1989, Mike Jewell raced here for the first time. Uh, no, I'm sorry, 1988. He had come with John Gill when he drove the Masters built stuff and part of the pit crew, but. I just remember him saying the a lot of the setup stuff he did at the Taylor County Speedway he did at Richmond, uh, yeah. Just because it was similar, but yeah, I would say a little bit, a little bit bigger, wider, a little more banked than than Richmond. Yeah, red that, clay. That's a good comparison, probably. Yeah. So was that gives us an clay? idea, idea of what what the track, you know, kind of configuration was. Yeah, corners a little bit longer. Than what Richmond would be. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, it seemed like turn, turns one and two seem to have a little more banking than three and four. Um, you know, and and it, you know, it on a good night, you know, it would it had you could race on the top, race on the bottom. Uh, now you wasn't going to run four wide on it. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, if if, yeah. if you got three wide, you were like, man, this place is full. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Unless yeah. you were, unless it was uh, in 1980, I think it, this was 1987. Uh, they had a big race about a month prior to that uh, Jack Zig Memorial race that was a pro sanctioned event, yeah. which was kind of a, uh, I guess you would say, a uh, 
an off off kick of the uh, Star Series yes. uh, back at that time. And I remember Ned Lucas was the first man that I ever seen go around Taylor County Speedway flat foot wide open during qualifying. And I remember Donnie Moran, Jack Boggs were there that night and Charlie Swartz. Yeah. And where the cars come on the racetrack in turn four, they were standing there behind a guardrail. And Lucas was like the next to last guy to qualify. And nobody had ever seen anybody run Taylor County wide open. And on his second lap, uh, he flat foots it through one and two, flat foots it through three and four and sets fast time. And them three are just laughing, shaking their heads. Yeah. Yeah, I'd imagine. I'd imagine. So I see several comments of some of the drivers that race there um, over the years here in our, our comment section, but, uh, tell us, uh, tell us some more guys who are, who are some of the biggest recognizable names that most people would hear about that, um, uh, the race at Taylor County Speedway. Well, the, the field that, the video that we do have just that field of cars, uh, spoiler alert, Jeff Purvis won the race, but you had Jeff Purvis, Ray Gotze, John Gill, Jack Boggs, Steve Shaver, Donnie Moran, uh, Charlie Schwartz raced there. Scott Bloomquist raced there a handful of times. Never won a race there. Freddie Smith raced there a couple of times. The first time he came was in 89, uh, driving for Barry Wright in the Barry Wright house car. Then in 90, he came back and raced uh, in the LA gear car. Uh, Mike Head raced there the week after he won the North-South 100, but he was driving a car for C.J. Rayburn. Of course, C.J. raced there a lot. Um, I looked today about 40... I think 45 of the Dirt Lake Mall Hall of Fame drivers raced there. Wow. Uh, Jim Curry, um, you know, like I said, Freddie Boggs, Bo- uh, Billy Moyer raced there two or three times. Never did win a race. He was in the the 97 race there, or the 87 race there. Uh, went on to have a bigger payday the next night at Brownstown. Uh, Jerry Inman raced there a couple times. Uh, actually. Uh, on and I think it was on Flow the 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 road to Eldora where they talked to Jeff Purvis. Mm-hmm. The Taylor County Speedway back in the seventies is where a young guy named Jeff Purvis and C.J. Rayburn talked for the first time, yep. and that built what became Jeff Purvis's career when he started driving for C.J. Rayburn. That happened at Taylor County Speedway. That relationship did. Wow! Um, and the awesome. first time that the first time that I saw him. Uh, he was 16 years old. It was a Sunday afternoon, 100 lap race. He and uh, Eddie Pace were there uh, because I think Eddie and Jeff's dad were in the, the garbage, in garbage, business. garbage business together. And um, they had the Camaros and they had the wings up on top of them, but not like you see uh, the wings of the wedge cars that were up over the roll cage at that time. These these wings were mounted back over the, the rear uh trunk lid of the race car and uh i think the very first time purvis was there a hundred lap race uh he i can't remember if he lapped the entire field or not but he won the race yeah wow yeah that's uh that's uh, that's so cool to think about just you know the the beginning of of that relationship happening there you know first of all with uh rayburn and, and purvis there at taylor county speedway um you know just in and thinking about the the history of the of the place um and you this know, is, that's someone i never got to see run uh jeff purvis i've heard about him my whole life but never got to see him run so 
and you know taylor county also kind of served we we're talking about hall of famers yeah and we're fortunate enough we've got three guys right here locally uh that taylor county speedway basically served as the launch board for their racing careers to put them out there uh to to begin you know to get some recognition and that was finn watson uh david spear and fats coffee and butterball, okay. and butterball, I forget butterball race there a lot. Yeah. So four, thank you, Mike. Yeah, really. Uh, yeah, and there, and there, you know, we mentioned Hall of Famers. There was a lot of guys. Robert Earl from up in Louisville, he came down here and raced yeah. and won a lot. Uh, Mickey Williams, uh, you know, the bunch from St. Joe, uh, Dave, uh, Ricky Spalding, you know, he won a lot of races there. And then, of course, uh, David Loxton, Jack Loxton. Now, Spanky's he he's forgetting too. His dad raced there, and his grandpa raced there. Yes, and you know, I think your grandpa won several races. There. No, uh, my, my grandpa and my dad never did actually win a race there. Uh, you know, when that place started up there in the '60s, of course, Crip Bowling won the first feature yeah. there in 1963, um, and it kind of went for a stretch there. Jack Logston won a lot of features driving Woody Grant's cars from from down in uh, around the Hodgenville area in Larue County. And then you had a stretch. Coffee got good there in the mid sixties. Yeah. Um, there were some folks from uh, Monticello um, uh, that had a company, Cooper and York, that uh, Goldie Literal, Morse Literal, uh, drove for and was successful and won a lot of races. And then Butterball uh, there in the late sixties and early seventies, uh, uh, you know, he kind of got to be the man to beat. And then it kind of went back to Coffee and Finn Watson and. You know, you had a stretch there during the 70s. Uh, I can remember as a kid, because Taylor County Speedway was the first place I ever saw a race when I was three years old. Okay. And uh, uh, because my dad, my, my dad and my grandpa had built the last car we had, and they was leaving me with my grandma on Saturday nights and, and slipping out to go to the races. And I figured out where they were going. And uh, <laughs> Saturday night, Granny tried to take me out in the backyard, and I just ran around the house, and I told them, I'm going racing, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the... <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, but um, what I what I was gonna say there during that time, I mean, man, you on a given Saturday night, you had Fats, Butterball, Finn. Coffee, Finn, Spear, you Mickey can Williams. Mickey Williams, Gerald Dixon. Gerald Dixon. Uh, I mean, there was l legitimately eight to ten different drivers that would be here on a Saturday night that could win the feature event. Yeah 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 so so cool man like i said i mean just all those names that i've heard about all my life wes you know exactly what i'm talking about we've heard about them everybody talks about them we never got to see any of them race i mean it's just one of those things like i've said a hundred times if you could i just wish i could travel back for like one one event just one just one event to experience what it was like it'd just uh, be so much fun but butterball for just a little tidbit on him and I don't know, a lot of people here that, were, that, that remember and saw him will remember this, but he raced and smoked a cigar. And as he would go down the straightaway, that cigar would light up. Yeah, we had that. We had that as a stump the Wes uh, question last year. And, and uh, Wes, <laughs> yeah. Wes was stumped on that. I one. Was, didn't, didn't I was stumped. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's cool to to. You know, you guys just just kind of reiterating what we've heard, but the amount of drivers that that raced there at Taylor County that 
just on the national level and then, you know, good local and regional guys too. I mean, it was just one of them deals, a, a racetrack that, that people would hit and race and, and you didn't ever know who was going to show up, you know, and, and just the competition on a Friday night or Saturday night or Sunday afternoon was just always really, really good. And I just hate that I never got to watch one there. And, and give you an example of that. Uh, and I'm sure you probably remember this. Um, Scott Blomquist dropped in at Taylor County Speedway for a regular Friday night show, I think on the way to a big star yes. race the next night at Florence Speedway. It may have been Ralph Latham. Yeah. And, you know, everybody thought, well, gosh, Blomquist is here. You know, of course, that was back in the days of the 18 to zero hadn't come along yet. Mm -hmm. And uh, everybody thought, well, you know, everybody else is running for second place. Uh, he could not beat Fats Coffee in the 30. Right. And, and they ran a 35-lap feature on a regular show at that time. 35 laps, paid $1,000 to win. Mm -hmm. And he could not outrun Coffee that day. <laughs> no. Man, how cool is that? Well, I was thinking just a second ago, I wonder how many tracks there are in the country that between Moyer and Bloomquist, you guys mentioned those two guys ran at least two or three races at, at Taylor County Speedway over the years. I wonder how many tracks are there in the country that those guys have raced at two or three times and never, neither one of them ever won a feature. There can't be many. Taylor County Speedway is one of them. How yeah. cool. I mean, that's kind of crazy when yeah. you think about it. Yeah. I was, I was thinking the, the first time. Thing. The first time Bloomquist was at Taylor County, he got tore up in a heat race yep. incident and didn't get to start the feature that night. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the, and I think you mentioned it earlier, the first time Moyer was at Taylor County uh, was in 87 at that Jack Zygma exactly. Moore race. And he did not make the feature event that night, but he went on to Brownstown and won the Jackson 100 the next yeah. night. Wow. Yeah, didn't make crazy. the feature, man. Yeah. How crazy. Uh, and well, and now – Bloomquist being Bloomquist, I will tell you this. On his first visit there in 97, um, the UMP officials were there, yeah. and he had to do a lot of cutting on his car because it was quite a bit wider than what that the little thing they slid under the car that, that raised up to make sure the template there, it wouldn't even go all the way under. Well, and if you remember, they had a, <laughs> at the time they had a, they had a measurement between from the edge of the, of the front of the roof down to the decking in the car, and his and it was too the the gap was too narrow. Yeah, and I remember a young boy that was there on the car, literally getting up on the front of the car, jumping up and down on that part of the deck area right yeah. there, mashing it down to to make yeah. it meet the the, the the measurement. Yeah, surely not, Mike. I can't oh, believe yeah. that. Surely not. Lucas <laughs> needs to alter his car to even race. Surely not. <laughs> surely not. Now, Does so. You know now there. That's one of one of the. That's kind of the, you know, the the history of it is really, really cool. There is a lot of other just wild and funny and strange stories. Uh, Jim Curry, years ago, and Jim Curry won races down there. Actually, in 88, uh, he won the UMP National Championship, won the Jack, uh, Jackson 100, won the Brownstown Championship up there. He actually had a car, and he drove for Caldwell Brothers out of Indiana there. They had a car, it was a cantilever Rayburn car. See, Jim Curry's the best to ever drive a cantilever car for any kind. And they they, they stayed after the races one night. They they hot-lapped the car to figure it out. They stayed so long, the police finally came and run them off. 
But uh, many, <laughs> many years ago, before that, he comes down. I think he was driving for Claude Turn. And Mickey Williams, this was during, during the time he was winning a lot of races. <laughs> and I can remember my dad and some of his friends talking. And they would say, remember the night somebody shot a gun in the stands? And I just remember hearing this story over and over. And years later, I'm talking to Jim Curry, and he says, you know somebody shot at me down in Camelsville one night. <laughs> and I was like, I got to hear more about this. He said, yeah, there was this guy named Mickey Williams. And he said, I passed him. And he said, I come down the straightaway. And he said, I heard a pop. And he said, I don't know if it was like a tire or something with the motor. And he said, you know, I go on, I finish. I think he wins the race. And they're over in the pits later, and they found a, they found a slug in the car. Or somebody shot him. <laughs> um, Man. You know, there, there's lots of just crazy stories. Uh, Spanky touched on uh, Crip Bowling. Glenn Bowling was a gentleman yeah. that won the very first feature race at Taylor Kane Speedway in 63. He had a little white coupe. Uh, in talking with Roger Pike the other day, Buddy Anderson, who's Camelsville guy, he actually finished second. But the reason that gentleman was called Crip Bowling, he had one arm and one leg. And he was the first ever winner there. Yep. Yeah. Wow. wow. And just a side note, Buddy Anderson, uh, he later drove, well, let me back up. Buddy had drove cars for Roger Pike's dad, Leonard, uh, yeah. back in the 50s uh, when they raced, you know, here at, uh, say, down in Hodgenville and Buffalo and Lebanon and and, and, bon and uh, Greensburg, some of those places. Yeah. So there's, you know, I mean, there's a lot of great racing stories, but there's a lot of, I mean, there's, I'm sure Jeff Watson can tell you more crazy stories like that, that, you know, Finn was right. involved in. Oh um, yeah. You know, Fats Coffee can tell you stuff that, um, and we're hoping Fats comes, if, if that's a guy that he, he remembers everything. You show him a trophy he won, he can tell you about that race. <laughs> I'm sure he's got a lot of them, so it'd be cool to well, just stand around with him and and talk about the talk yeah. about the races that uh, that he's won. Um, and, and you know, a couple of other guys that we did mention that are somewhat in, still involved in racing in some form or fashion today. Um, Danny and Gene Hatcher, yeah, who, who Finn Watson drove for. Of course, Danny and Gene, they are, are car owners now. Tyler nicely drove yeah. their uh, their car at. at, at the World 100 at Eldora this past weekend. Uh, Jeff Bland, uh, who's the father of Jordan Bland, who you know competed for a while with the with the World of Outlaw Late Model Series uh, back a few years ago, and now Jordan has basically assumed the role as uh, as crew chief as yes, an uncle for uh, for one, probably one of the top up and coming uh, young go kart racers in this part of the state, Nasher Hines. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Terry Keltner that uh, Spanky yes. mentioned. Uh, Terry Terry got his start there. Uh, he won. He actually won a race. Uh, won a race there one Friday, and then went to Glasgow the next night. Won a race uh, at Taylor County in uh, man, I think it was '87. They uh, that would be about right. He had a car that they he had a Rayburn car that they had bought off of uh, Ricky Spalding. Okay. And, you know, and of course, and that's why I said like we've invited fans and crew because I know like. Uh, Billy to Spain. He worked on that car with Terry that year. He and Gary Gooden and Mark Southern and uh, I think John Schwabel helped him because Southern Backhoe was a sponsor right. for him back then. Uh, you know, Johnny Wheeler, he, 
Johnny Wheeler, that's about, pretty much where he got his start. And, you know, his dad, Junior, his uncles, Tommy and David, they all raced there. You got to tell them the story about how, how, how Johnny saved up to buy his first race car. Oh, yeah. Uh, Johnny Wheeler's first race car, he, uh, he, he had a race car at 14. And he actually had a, I think it was like a ceramic dog. It was, you know, two or three feet tall. He saved like his milk money and his lunch money. He, he put his change in there. And finally got enough money, and he bought this old race car at 14 years old. And his dad, Junior, was pretty good horse trader there a little bit. And he kind of swapped some stuff around and swapped around and got Johnny a race car. And if I'm not mistaken, like the second week that guy raced, he won a heat race. You know, and it's starting out. <laughs> That's not surprising, yeah. But, yeah. No. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just crazy, though, to think about. You know, what yeah. kind of what kind of car was it that that he bought? What class was he running? Uh, he would have been comparable to what they called the hobby stock yeah. class back at that time. Yeah, yeah, which okay. would be comparable to maybe a street stock class at some other places. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you, if you sit and look at it, the you know a lot of people might sit and say, well, you know, Tuller County Speedway. Um, it it it, ne it never quote unquote made the big time like a lot of people might refer to certain racetracks today, mm. but if you look at a lot of the clips, the newspaper clippings going back to the to the old Mid American Racing News and and stuff like that, and Mike mentioned it. Uh, I, you think you said forty five different drivers that are currently in the National Dirt Lake Model Hall of Fame uh, that we know of competed there, yeah. and there's another what eighteen or nineteen. Yeah. Uh, people that are in as contributors, car owners, uh, sportsmanship award winners, something like that. So uh, you're, you know, you're talking about well over 60 people that are currently in the National Dirt Lake Model Hall of Fame that uh, was at uh, Taylor County Speedway at least one time. Uh, a lot of people don't don't know that ARCA competed at Taylor County Speedway. They had an ARCA event here either, and I think it was in 1968 or nine. Yeah. And um, Iggy Katona uh, from Keokuk, Iowa, uh, he won the race. And uh, Benny Parsons was here and I think ran second or third in that event, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah that's that's really just, cool. just uh, well, I think with anything like this, you know, a lot of times people don't realize the, the impact um, overall. I mean, a track or, you know, regionally, nationally, Dirt Lake Model Hall of Famers, all this stuff a place has really i think it's the same way sometimes with people you don't really understand or realize the impact things have on us on a sport until it's uh until it's long gone but uh just a just a rich history there at, at taylor county speedway like i said i i want to see that video i'd like to hear more want to want to keep uh learning about it love the history um man it's just it's all all good stuff and uh and uh i know People there on Saturday are going to be in for a treat. Um, just thinking about some of the folks who who just just might show up. You mentioned Fats Coffee there on Saturday. Yeah, and you know one of I just thought of this, and I mean I know we, we're talking mainly about the late models, but there's also some guys that uh, and they moved to late models, but. Uh, there was a gentleman named Coy Cox that mm -hmm. raced here and he raced mainly in the, like the street stock division, but you know, he won a lot of races there. There was a gentleman named uh, Michael Newton. Uh, he was like the local cable guy, but yeah. he, 
he raced and he and a guy named David Dudgeon had a car. They won a lot of, you know, they, they were at, at a time, like the slower late models, they moved to street stocks. Uh, Joey Daniel, that's a guy that, you know, he's, he doesn't race anymore, but he got yeah. started in street stocks up there. Uh, yeah. won, won a lot. And, uh, Mike Bullock that builds racing engines. He, the video that we have, he is on there. You'll see a, uh, uh, I think it's a number 88 Camaro. It's in a street stock race. He started, you know, he raced up there in the street stock division. Of course, now he's, he's a really good race, you know, engine builder. Um, you mentioned you 88 know, big daddy, big race daddy there. Paul Vastrecher <laughs> raced there. Uh, quite a bit. Jeff Napper, who, you know, has unfortunately passed away. He, he won a race up there one Friday night. Um, Russ Petro came in, um, Eddie Carrier, he he won a feature one night. They came in late. This was during the wedge cars. Came in late, broke the track record, led every lap, won the feature race that night. Was that in Black Magic car? Black, that was in uh, Donnie House's Black Magic 155. I had another guy, you know, you're talking about coming out of the old hobby stock and street stock class <clears throat> uh, that later on moved up to late model and won a lot of features up here in that hobby stock class, too, was uh, was Jerry Rucker from down yep. in Jerry Rucker. Um you know, the St. Joe Bunch, Benny Lee, he won several races up there. You know, Benji Lee's dad. Um, Jason Wheatley's Jason dad. Jason Wheatley's dad, Tommy, he raced up here. So, I mean, it it, it's this, it does cover a lot. I mean, you know, um, well, of course, not only Jeff Watson's dad, but his cousin, uh, Carl Watson, he raced up here some. So, uh, and Dan. And then, yeah, and then Dan, Dan, they're uh, – It'd be Finn's brother, Dan. They raced up here. Um, there was, there's a lot, you know, the, it's almost like the more people talk, the more they remember, oh, you know, so-and-so raced there. This guy raced there. Um, so, yeah, they, there's been, it's been quite a few come through here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I imagine so. And so just like I said, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of history there. Um, and so tell us one more time, because we talked about it when I, when we first brought you on, a lot of people have jumped on since then, yeah. uh, coming up on Saturday, what, what, you know, time, place, what can people expect there okay. at the uh, fairgrounds on Saturday? It's, uh, it's, it's part of the Bulls and Barrel Fall Festival, uh, at the Taylor County Fairgrounds, you know, if you're familiar with Cannonsville, where, where the county fair is and truck pools and everything, um, we'll be over there actually kind of close to where the there's kind of some round shaped buildings we'll be there at uh it's from 10 a.m to noon but like i said as, as racers are if you get to talk and you can stand around you can uh we've got some folks bringing some things i know jeff watson's bringing some stuff from the racetrack uh that was there people with photos we've got videos of it uh it, it, it there is a ten dollar admission uh but that gets you access to everything that's also going there so if you know, you want to bring your family, whatever, there's other things for them to do there that day as well. Um, and so we, you know, look like we're going to have good weather. Um, um, I don't know how well I'll do Darren price. It's like I said, he's kind of the, kind of the quiet guy behind all this. He said, I'm going to give you a microphone and just grab people and talk to them. Just get stories. So yeah, kind of, kind of relive the history of it and, you know, enjoy, enjoy the day and a lot of good memories. Yeah, well, it certainly sounds like a like a whole lot of fun, and uh, I know I know there'll be some some good stories 
some of the ones maybe we heard here tonight, but some others as well, especially with some of the folks that might show up there on Saturday. I'm sure there's a lot of stories we probably shouldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and I you're, gonna, you're gonna get them from Evertrack. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those those uh stories that's that's better told uh not on the air. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey guys, and I, I got to before we get off here and, and I wanna wish Mike and Darren the best of of luck with this deal uh on saturday and i hope as many people around here can come out as possible i got to get a shameless plug in though babbling yeah. ironman lake model northern series uh 20th annual uh ironman fall classic uh 40 up at uh, atomic speedway in chillicothe and uh, outside of chillicothe ohio and waverly ohio uh saturday night 40 laps seventy five hundred dollars to win and uh if you're up in that northern kentucky area or southern ohio We'd love to have you join us. It's earlier start times. Pits open at noon, um, and um, the hot lap's going to roll on the track around five, and the racing action going to start at six. Yep, awesome. Yeah. And, and we part of the reason we did schedule the reunion part from ten to noon. I know, like I said, I know Jeff Watson's bringing a car. Elliot to Spain. If guys want to bring cars and then be able to leave to get to the races, they can. Fans as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, traveling go go to a race somewhere and if you're heading towards northern kentucky just go on across the river and go see spanky and chris Tiller. yeah there yeah. you go yeah sounds sounds like a good day early enough in the day where you can go enjoy some of the history of taylor county speedway and then go check out race in action later on 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 saturday evening so sounds sounds like a, a fun day of uh, of dirt racing all right, Wes. I'm giving. I'm giving. I'm giving you a chance. You got anything? You 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 got a question or something to add? Well, you got anything for us before I let these two gentlemen go? Yeah, there was there was something uh, I was going to ask him. You was talking about that place uh, being a start for for a lot of people. Wasn't that where Gerald Newton got his start? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. I, I wanted I wanted to ask that because that that's a that's a family. I'm I'm close to him and his brother uh, Troy, and and I it's just a cool thing to 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 talk about. As as you've mentioned, a lot of a lot of guys got their start there. So tell us about yeah. that. So Gerald Newton worked for a guy. I think his name was Thad Smith. It was called Thad Art, and he worked on you know he did some screen printing stuff. Now Troy was like uh, myself, Jay Watt. We were all kids just running around there. Um, but, uh, yeah, Gerald got started printing some T-shirts um, and in some way got hooked in there with Scott Bloomquist and then, you know, approached Carl Korbarker at uh, Arizona Sports Shirts when they moved to Indianapolis. And, I mean, Gerald is Gerald is an industry leader, uh, not only what he does, but he, he does a lot for racing that people will never, ever know about. And yeah, he started there uh, just, you know, with some T-shirts and some stuff. His dad, uh, Robbie, owned a race car there. Lewis Brady, there was a guy we didn't mention. Yeah, Lewis Brady raced. Lewis. Yeah. Lewis raced there a lot. Lewis yeah. raced the car for uh, for Robbie and them there. That's and then, right. uh, I think Robbie's brother Donnie, they yep. they had a car they, they, they raced. raced. So uh, yeah, Gerald Newton, that is where that's where he that's where he started from. Yeah, and it's well, it's cool, you know. That's where he got his start, and you see where he's at now. And like you said, yeah. he does so much more for dirt racing than what a lot of people know. And and yeah, I mean, just just a cool cool all around deal there. So I had to mention uh, that. Well, yeah. and 
we we can't not mention um you know a guy a guy named Tim Tungett got his start there driving <laughs> driving for uh, driving racing with James Ralph Ratliff who is Justin Ratliff's dad right uh, you know he, he happens on Dalton Wilson's carts on the Lucas Oil Series so yeah Tungett there he and drove a blue uh, a blue car I can't remember what type it was number forty four forty four and yeah. Uh, won several races and started in the street stock division and later drove for Jody Keltner, switched his number to 18 because he was a fan of Brad Doty's and, uh, and won races up there. Oh, wow. Okay. Hey, and, and to quote, and to quote him, I got to say it. The legend <laughs> of the beast was born. <laughs> <laughs> sure was. Yeah. So, so I gotta, I gotta add this. I ran into him at, at lunch today at Burger King and tried every way in the world to get him to, to, uh, buy mine Sherry's lunch. And he gave me deaf ears. He, he didn't even hear nothing, but I said, Hey, tongue, get talked to him. I was like, Hey, you know, line was huge. I said, you buy my lunch today. He never heard a word. <laughs> Let me tell you a funny one on that, uh, about him buying lunches when, uh, his daughter Candace and Justin Ratliff, they dated when they were teenagers. Justin had sent Candace to McDonald's. This is bef- this is the old McDonald's in Cowlesville that it's the same location but the old building. And she's in there getting lunches for like Gullet and Justin and her and whoever else was there at the shop. Tim, I think, was coming through the drive through. Either he either he saw her at the drive-through or he was at the drive-through and he said, "Hey, see that girl right there? I'll pay for their lunches, or I'll pay for her." <laughs> I think he got a lot bigger bill than he was than he was bargaining for, so he's still yeah. trying to catch up from that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wes, you uh, should have told him. You should have told him. Wes said, "Look, you you transportation director over there. You in the khaki click over at the board <laughs> office." You buy my lunch, man. Yeah, yeah. He was he was yeah. in khaki click attire today for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I imagine, I imagine. So that's uh, that's funny. So, well, it'll definitely be a good time. Be sure and go out and and uh, join those guys at Taylor County. Here's some more of these uh, good stories and more. Wes, we talked about this a little bit. I I won't be able to make it. Are you going to be able to make it over there this this weekend? What's your What's your plans? You up in there? What? I've got to work. I would love to make it over there. So we'll see. We'll see what what happens. If I could just just sneak over there on lunch i i really want to try to make it but uh like i said i gotta i gotta work on saturday so we'll see what happens yeah i'll be surprised if worldwide's not there well thank you guys for letting us come on and promote this and hopefully you know we hope we have a great turnout and see everybody there yeah absolutely thank y'all for what you're doing for racing in the state of kentucky yeah well thank you thank you guys uh it's, it's a joy to joy to have you on here and uh thank you for everything you do thank you spanky for being the best uh at, at what, what you do know? it's he is ain't he yeah. and i mean you know way I, back at taylor county look here <laughs> madison isaac says the best announcer around mr spanky you got it you got it yeah. right madison yeah. that is exactly far, right far from that yeah, well, bulls you, bullseye. Yeah, yeah. So you, you're yeah. the best in our eyes, Spanky. So, yeah. and that's all that counts here on dirt <laughs> racing, the bluegrass lives. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and, I, and there was there was something else I was going to add. So that little boy that was running around the house at three years old, 
is the same. How old are you now, Spanky? Uh, 53. Same at 53 because we were yeah. racing. We were racing the, I don't know, week before last, me and him and Jake. And that same little boy, let's go racing with us, texting me, where, where are you going today, worldwide? I got to work and hadn't planned on going. And we ended up going to Rock Castle and had an awesome time. So, yeah. It's just it's it's those those times and memories that that I cherish with with Michael Spanky to Spain and and those are those are just memories I'll have till the day I die and and I just appreciate you and all you do for the sport, Spanky. Well, I appreciate that, and I thank you for your friendship, sir. If you go to a race with this guy and don't have fun, there's something wrong with you. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. right. And then, and then you throw me and Jake in there. I mean, they see us coming, and they, they say, look out. They said, there's the Campbellsville Mafia. I said, you got that yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. We got yeah. Jeff Evans to thank for that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Jeff Evans said, there's the Campbellsville Mafia. I said, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty accurate. <laughs> Yeah, I imagine that being the case. So, guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate you. Like I said, being on here. Looking forward to, to Saturday. Hope you have a have a good turnout over there. All right, thanks, guys. Thank all right, you guys. thank you all. Have a good night. Yeah, no. So, uh, man, what? Like I said, I mean, just thinking about history, we got to hear a little bit more of it here on the podcast tonight, and uh, you know, talking about that reunion coming up on Saturday, it'll be a be a whole lot of fun. Love to hear about it. Uh, hear, you know, these guys just talk about the uh, the history of our our tracks and drivers and everything uh, here locally in our sport. Can't wait to get to more of that. Like I said, this off season got some big plans. I've got I've got some big plans, Wes. I don't know if you I don't know if you know about. It. I've always got some big plans, but certainly for this off season to to dive into some of this stuff and the people, drivers, and uh, the history of racing here in the in the state of Kentucky. I want to meet some of them and uh, get get in front of them. It'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I would I would love to do that. Looking forward to it, and and especially. Those two gentlemen right there, Mike Sullivan and and Spanky to Spain, world of knowledge and and you know when it comes to dirt racing, you know nationally but especially here in the state of Kentucky, those two right there are pretty sharp and uh, we'll definitely have them on on in uh, some future shows for sure. Yeah, well let's let's quickly go real quick to our uh, our weekend outlook here, Wes. I'm gonna have to have your help with this. I got I jumped on here like with uh, I think it was two maybe less than a minute to go before we went live. So I don't know what else. I'll be honest with you, I haven't looked around yet. I know 191 Speedway Grand Opening this Saturday night. They're we shared that post earlier on our Facebook page. Uh, um, I know a lot of people's looking forward to that. Their their first weekend back after that track's been closed down for several years. So that'll be a whole lot of fun there. Um, so I'm just going to go through these, and you you help me out as best you can. So I know Thunder Mountain, they're having a makeup from last weekend. Yeah, I so believe. three three thousand to win, uh, six hundred four crates, uh, thousand to win, front wheel drives, uh, super stocks have been added uh, to the to the card. Um, so should be a, should be a really good night on the mountain there at Thunder Mountain Speedway. Uh, hate that they got rained out um, there last uh, last Saturday, but uh, they're going to make that show up uh, this Saturday. Um, so that should be a good one. All right. So is Rock Castle's off, right? Rock Castle's off. 
Blake Cumberland's off. Blake Cumberland's off. Is Mud Lick running this weekend? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm wanting to think that that they may be off this weekend as well. Okay. Well, if well, if Thunder Mountains, or I'm not Thunder Mountain. We know Thunder Mountains running. Mudlick's running. Be sure to go out and support them and uh, and uh, any other track around that's running too. Uh, we we want to get out and support our local race tracks. Wes, it's been another fun show. Uh, so much fun. Thank you to everyone on here for joining us. It has it's just been a blast uh, looking back on Taylor County Speedway, talking about our World 100 weekend. Thank you all. Like I said, everyone that tuned in here and joined us. You can always listen to the replay on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any of those uh, places where you listen to podcasts. Until next time, we will we'll see you at the races. Thank you all. Have a great night. <laughs>